advice, advice from someone else's dad. Hi everyone, it's Peter Yawitz and welcome to the Advice from Someone Else's Dad podcast. When we decided it was time to articulate our values, it wasn't um, the co-founders who were dictating that. Uh, we put together you know, a, a pretty robust cross-company task force. We interviewed almost every person who works here to understand like, what are the things that, that they view are emblematic of where we are today. That was from my Amazing Young CEO interview with Jason Griffith, CEO of SiteComply. We'll hear more of my interview with Jason in this episode. I'll also be answering your workplace questions along with my favorite HR pro, co-host Jamie Steele. Finally, I'll read one of your workplace nightmares. If you'd like to ask a question or share one of your workplace nightmares, call us at 347-857-7294. That's 347-857-7294. You can also go to someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast and submit a question there anonymously, or you can simply email us at questions at someoneelsesdad.com. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. First up, Let's check in with Jamie Steele, my HR Pro co-host, to talk about some workplace issues on our mind this week. Hey, Jamie, how are you today? I'm going to throw you for a curveball. Oh, no. I'm wonderful. Oh, not great. Wonderful. Well, I'm happy to hear that. You know, I got this has been something that's on my mind, and I want to talk to you about it. I was at a company the other day, and mm-hmm. I was in this area that only women seem to work in which was surprising to me, but okay, there were men in the company, but just only women were in this area. And on the wall was a sign, like these letters strung together the way you would have like happy birthday letters. And it said, bow down bitches. (laughs) Now, I was actually shocked. And I said, what's this all about? And the guy who was taking me around said, oh, I don't know. I think it's like an empowerment thing for the women who work here. And my first thought was, I have never seen this before, and in many companies that I work for, with, especially the more staid conservative companies, the person who put it up there would be fired on the spot, mm-hmm. and it just would not be allowed. Mm-hmm. But when I spoke to some young people, they said, no, that's okay, it's actually a Beyonce song, and maybe it does empower the women to work well. But my view is that how can that empower when it seems to be bowed down as like subservient? So... You know, you don't work for a big company, but certainly more conservative than this one, which yes. is a very young company. Uh, what is your feeling as a woman, yes. and also a woman in HR, about a sign like that? Well, first, I mean, I kind of chuckle a little bit yeah. because it is so indicative of the culture of younger professionals. Yeah. But if it were me and my workplace, right. I would say, okay, absolutely not. We can't have this. Right. Now, as a woman who is on sort of the upper end of the millennial yeah, kind of right, age range, right. I think I'm technically a zennial. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know. Define that new term, zennial. All right. You know, I, I read about it yeah, at okay, some point. Okay. Um, I would say in some ways it's kind of comical and it's not offensive. Yeah. Uh, to me personally, because yeah, it is a Beyonce song and it's all about this. You go on Instagram and everything is yes, queen. Yes, bitch. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm doing these hand motions that people can't see, but it's totally like this, like I'm everything you, I can do anything, be anything. And so that whole like bitches is like, I have my life. Okay. But here I'm going to throw something to you. If a man said that, Hey bitches, let's get together. 
How would you feel about that? You as a Terrible. woman, and I'm going to have that. I'm going to videotape you doing that with a hand motion, <laughs> so everyone can see that. But yes. a, if a man wrote, "Come on, bow down, bitches," no, right, totally unacceptable, right. totally unacceptable. It is woman to woman, right? Yes. Okay, but what if one woman in this group said, "You know what? I'm kind of offended by that." Then you know what? I would recommend to take it down right. for sure. Yeah, I the, think I think the the rule is in a company like this. The men didn't seem to mind it, which I have a little trouble with. But if I didn't talk to any of the women that day. But if one woman had said, this kind of bothers me, she should speak up. Absolutely. Otherwise, okay, if it empowers you, whatever. I don't work there. <laughs> I'm not a woman. I'm not a bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, fine. Thanks for the advice. You on might want to be, though. <laughs> oh, I look forward to it. Jamie and I will be back a little later to answer some questions listeners have submitted. The number again, 347-857-7294. But now, my interview with Jason Griffith, CEO of Site Comply, which has been listed by Cranes as one of the best places to work in New York City for five years running. Jason took me on a tour of his office, which included a totally cool conference table made of Legos. But most impressive is a wall containing the company's six core values, all written together by the entire staff. It's truly unique and a great way to make sure everyone adheres to and respects the company's culture. Here's our interview. So Jason Griffith, CEO of SiteComply, uh, thank you for having me here to your office on West 23rd Street in Manhattan. Uh, this is a nice open architecture office. Tell me about, about the workplace and, and what makes it so conducive to great teamwork and also the fact that you are always voted one of the best places to work according yeah. to Cranes area. Well, I mean, I think we've, we've spent a, a lot of time trying to come up with an environment that feels sort of open and welcoming, um, which I think is quite reflective of the culture. This was our very first uh, conference room table back when we were a four-person company. Little and it's made of 32,000 totally Legos. Legos. Look at that. And the, the story is that when my co-founder and I uh, started SiteComply and we got our first office, um, we looked up the price of conference room tables and we were sort of shocked by that. So instead, what we went out and did was went out to Home Depot, bought a five by seven plank of wood, started buying boxes and boxes of Legos and wrapping the wood in the Legos. And um, for weeks, it was a team effort where our employees and husbands and wives and significant others would come late night after hours and assemble this. And it took a lot of teamwork over a couple weeks to, to get this done, but it's been with us for 10 years. And ever, look, it hasn't broken. Gone, uh, Very and little yeah, Absolutely. We, uh, we encourage people to disassemble and reassemble the edges of the table um, during table meetings. So a sense of fun right away. So I think a sense of fun, a sense of collaboration and, and community, and um, I think sort of reflective of the entrepreneurial sort of can-do spirit of like, we're scrappy, but we're going to build a conference room table. So this is just one of the things that makes it a fun place to work. What, on a business sense, mm -hmm. why was that important to you? Well, I mean, I, I think I had personally worked in a lot of places that were not fun to work, yeah. uh, that were quite depressing to work. Are, and, uh, do those things exist? I, I've heard that they do. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I think that, you know, as a result, we spent a lot of time and effort putting together sort of a culture and a physical environment uh -huh. that made people want to come and bring you know their a-game every day uh -huh. I think it's just more fun to come to a job when you feel that you're amongst you know 
team, amongst you know friends, and you know, in an environment that sort of appreciates and rewards the hard work that you bring. That's great. You were showing me something a little bit about your values wall. Can yeah, you... I, I think one of the things that's unusual about SiteComply is that unlike a lot of companies that um, sort of the founders put their core values, you know, on a sheet of paper the day that they start, mm -hmm. and sort of as people come in, um, they come and subscribe to those values. We didn't do that. Um, I think we had a sense of what our values were, but it, it was unarticulated. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, the advantage of that was when we decided it was time to articulate our values, it wasn't um, the co-founders who were dictating that. Uh, we put together you know, a, a pretty robust cross-company task force. We interviewed almost every person who works here to understand like what are the things that, that they view are emblematic of where we are today with our values, where do we want to go with our values, and I think that um, the result of this is values that, unlike a lot of companies, are, are truly reflective of the current state of their, their culture and where they would like to um, So to walk me culture. through what you came up with. So this is, uh, so we have six of them, six core values. That's right. You call that. Do you want to start here? Yeah. Have, have the tough conversation. And everyone has signed every one of them. Is that correct? Well, what happened was we we actually went through a fairly um, fun exercise when we unveiled this. It was a whole scavenger hunt that sort of took everybody through site comply history and lore. And at the end of the scavenger hunt, when we put together these pieces, everybody who participated signed signed their piece. Oh, so I, see. I, I think nice. just sort of talking about that. And I'll walk you through some of the the yeah. ones here. Yeah, um, yeah. Why don't I actually start with the middle? Uh, drive okay. innovation and. Um, execute with excellence. So we're in the business of bringing technology to um, the sleepy old real estate industry. Uh -huh. And you know, I think from very early on, what we found was one of the things that you know set us apart and allowed us to have that kind of breakthrough innovation is that not only did we deliver true and deep innovation, but everywhere from how we sell to how we. Um, another one uh, that I'll point out: have the tough conversation. Mm -hmm. I think you know. Interesting in your in your book, Peter. I saw one of the things that you talked about was sort of some of the passive aggressive types of behaviors that you can see in in companies. And you know, we think that when you can um, you know have direct and honest conversations, obviously respectfully, but mm -hmm. um, not sort of as we say, let the stinky fish you know sort of stay underneath the table, but put it on top of the table and that's talk right. about it. That's where breakthroughs happen. Yeah, is something bad going on here that I don't know about, <laughs> and then walk out of the room? Yeah, exactly we don't want to do right. things like that. Um, Prioritize people. I think this is one. Um, this is one where we're trying to capture the kind of je ne sais quoi element of our. Yeah, that's the hardest one for me culture. to define. I yeah. Think, well, I think I think for us, it's about encouraging our employees to bring their whole selves to work, to okay. be their authentic selves, right. and to celebrate sort of quirky differences that you know that people have. Authenticity um, is a big thing for, for yeah. me. I encourage that a lot when I work with people. And we, we put a, a significant effort behind diversity and inclusion, as a lot of companies do. I think it's you know it's it's not only I think good for morale, good for the world, but good for business. Well, it's also good um, for thought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, operate with empathy. Uh, I, I think this is one that drives everything from the way that we develop products to the mm -hmm. way that we interact with each other. Um, and you know, probably with your clients as well. Hundred percent. Right? You know, for us to be able to put ourselves in our clients' shoes, allow mm -hmm. us to like, you know, really develop the types of innovations that have allowed us to, you know, achieve what we, what we sure. have. Um, default to trust. I think really speaks to one where you know when we we hire the type of people who are truly worthy of trust. 
Um, and finally, lead change. And I, I think, you know, for us, we're in the business of doing things that have not been done before. Um, and that means that you have to continually adapt not only your product, but how you operate as a company. Sure. Um, and so we really want to encourage each individual person to lead change that they see as important to, um, to delivering their, the best results for mm -hmm. them. So we encourage this internally and externally at every level of the, of the organization. Do you ever have a conversation, or have you since you put this wall up, to say, you know what, I think right now we're straying from what we said our core values are? These come up in conversation every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's reminding people to default to trust. Look, I, I think you know, when you develop core values, it's important to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. It's important to say, you know, some of, you know, this is what we're all about. Some of these might be more aspirational than others. Mm -hmm. We might be fantastic at you know, value you know, one, yeah. but you know, still on the learning path of value two. So I think this is something that comes up all the time. And you'll hear people say all the time, listen, in the spirit of having the tough conversation, yeah. I need to say this. Excellent. Um, or in the spirit of operating with empathy, I think X. So right. um, I think you know, not only have we sort of done this exercise, but we actually have technology that allows people to actually reward people for this behavior. And it gets oh. put up on the, on, the, on the screens throughout the office. Uh, rewards is just, it's just I mean, it's not a monetary award. No, no, no. It's, it's just like hey guys. Right. So, for example, we might say, you know, after, uh, for example, we had a, a great sort of company happy hour yeah. last night for, you know, for the summer, and it wouldn't surprise me if today you saw someone um, rewarding Hannah, our, our office manager, for putting together a great event. It's like, wow, that was, you know, that was uh, executing with excellence. Right, there. right. And you talk about trust, mm -hmm. and hiring is an interesting concept, especially when you have very high standards here. I think people would want to work here because the environment is great. Mm -hmm. uh, but how do you suss out the people that are going to succeed here? Yeah. Um, so I think that we actually take a, a very structured approach uh -huh. to hiring. Um, and I, I think when in our younger days, what we would do is, like a lot of companies, a uh, bunch of people would interview a candidate. Um, we'd all go into a room, and the loudest person would sort of dominate <laughs> that conversation. Unfortunately, it was usually me. Um, and say, I had a good feeling about this person, right? And I think we've evolved quite a bit. So, you know, we use a combination of sort of process and technology. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, from the process perspective, when we want to hire someone, we really spend a lot of time identifying that role, defining the key characteristics right. and what we want to test for in mm -hmm. the interview. We come up with an interview plan, we execute it consistently across candidates, and we use software so that um, when, when we sit there and sort of assess a candidate, we're not going into a room, but we're actually looking at independently um, providing. Two things I've read about you, Jason, and about the company. One is that you provide 100% of healthcare costs mm -hmm. for your employees, and the other one is you provide a fund, if that's correct, for people to dress like rock stars. Yeah, you know, you look completely like a rock star here. I, as, I appreciate as, that. As, as opposed to as opposed to me, you know, wearing my <laughs> standard yuck stuff, uh, corporate stuff. So uh, tell me what you mean by, by both of those, and why you imp implemented those. Yeah, well, I, I think the the first one is, I mean, quite frankly. You know, we wanted to live in a world where when people came to work, they could focus on doing great work. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to worry about, you know, can I afford to pay for, you know, some important medical treatment mm -hmm. or can I, or should I get insurance? I mean, that's a terrible um, right. choice to have to make. So, you know, and I think more importantly, it struck me as the right thing to do. I think on the dress like a rock star <laughs> stuff, I, I think that, you know, look, any company in New York is going to be. Um, sitting there thinking about what are the perks and benefits that I, you know, we're not, you know, although we com we certainly compete with some of the largest firms in the world mm -hmm. when it comes to talent, 
Um, we obviously don't have the resources of some of the largest firms in the in the world, so you know, I think we had to come up with some fun, you know, perks and benefits that I think spoke to us. So the Rockstar budget is, you know, for once a season, or I guess it's each season, someone can uh, gets a little bit of a, a stipend to spend on clothes for themselves or for their family, Very nice. um, which I, I think is fun. When it comes to sort of the, you know, first of all, I started this company, so I didn't have to wear a tie. <laughs> like that was just I was at my best when I was not wearing it. We really celebrate differences and uh, expression around here. Yeah. Hey Jason, it's really exciting for me to, to be here at your space and to, to learn about the business. And I can just tell from looking around here how much people are enjoying themselves. Thank you. And, uh, and I think it should be a model for many other companies. So yeah, thanks thank for you. your time. Yeah, absolutely. That was from my interview with Jason Griffith of SiteComply. And if you check out my website, someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast, or Instagram at someoneelsesdad, you'll find a video of Jason showing me the totally cool Lego conference table. Up next, Jamie and I answer your workplace questions. Our number again, 347-857-7294. This is Advice from Someone Else's Dad. I'm Peter Yawitz with Jamie Steele. Here's our first call. So my name is Mel. I'm a supervisor of about nine employees. As a supervisor, I often feel like I am a single parent, parenting grown adults. Um, this often comes into play, especially with staff who are of the generation in which they received participation awards for showing up to various activities. And so as a supervisor, it becomes really challenging. Like, how do I help uh, hold people accountable and yet simultaneously uh, spur them on to be better and to find passion in their work? You know, I'm sure you've heard this as much as I have, that a lot of people are accusing this young generation of workers as a generation that only will be productive if they receive rewards. And they blame it on the soccer teams and the schools for giving them rewards just for showing up. Mm -hmm. And my kids certainly had those awards for just showing up. I never really understood it. But I think it's a little unfair to blame an entire generation for that. Okay, now I understand that she's having trouble motivating her employees, and I don't think that she has to resort to rewards or awards, but I think there could be some rewards that she gives, but I think she should be a little bit more specific about what she expects. Because if you don't have rules for these people about what you need to do to be successful or to be a valuable member of a team, I think you can end up in a free-for-all organization or free-for-all experience. Sure. You know, and I think, you know, just being that I'm sort of on the upper end of the millennial generation. So sometimes people will say these things and I'm like, do you realize that I'm actually kind of a part of that in some way? Yep. You know, so I I take issue with it. Uh Uh, But that being said, you know, I think part of it is that my generation, if I can even claim it still, we want to be part of something. We want to come to work and have it be fun, have it be cool, Instagram shareable, taking the mundane and making it extraordinary. And the way in which I can do that sometimes is if I'm assigned, you know, to be it's cleanup week in the kitchen because my organization is small enough where all of us, all the way up to the CEO, we take a week clean in the kitchen because we don't source it out. So of course there's me and I'm doing selfies while I have scrubs in my hands Mm -hmm. and uh, while I'm washing tables. And I'll say, please, somebody come take a picture while I'm mopping the floor because I just want to post on social media that I did my best. Yeah, but again, that's you. I mean, you are a very (laughs) enthusiastic person. I can't see 
you, you, case in point, you're not complaining that you had to scrub the toilets or clean the sinks, but other people might and not look at it necessarily as an Instagrammable moment. So then you can influence that. And as an HR professional, I can totally influence that culture. Okay. So we're, I think there are two different issues. There is the issue about culture, but there's an issue about getting people. To, well, maybe it's the same. I don't know, but I, still I feel think, like they're one and the same. Yeah. I don't know. I get to be a little cynical, maybe because of my age, that everything is Instagrammable moment. <laughs> you tell someone whose job it is to restock the shelves at a supermarket that they should be so enthusiastic about, you know, putting Brillo pads up in aisle four. And that's an Instagrammable moment. You know what? I'd make it into one. Oh, well, there's the, that's the difference between you and me. <laughs> so let's go back to Mel's question. What is it that she can do to motivate her people? Your view is that she should make work fun. My view is, okay, there's nothing wrong with making work fun, but not every task is fun. I think that there sure. should be specific rewards for doing a job, but also letting people take some responsibility for what they do and maybe having a meeting with a group to say, listen, we're all in this together. This is the incentive for all of us to do something well. Maybe the the reward is for the entire team, not for an individual. I do agree with that. I mean, if you can't make everything Instagrammable, but I'm going to say you can, but let's say you can't for some reason. I got to wash my socks today. Instagram. (laughs) Then of course, I think... A lot of people gravitate towards being able to have those tangible rewards. And I think uh, millennials want to work together versus being siloed. So if you can get them together, all working towards a common goal, I think it makes everything just that much better. Okay. I'm going to Instagram you the most mundane things that I do. Actually, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to share my private life with everybody. Listen, I'll be sending you photos of me brushing my teeth in the morning. No, thanks. (laughs) Okay, time for one more question, 347-857-7294. Okay, our second question is actually an email, not a voice call, and it is from someone named Kari, who says, When I was hired, I was informed that there was a quarterly bonus. Halfway through the quarter, they gave me half of the bonus as a thank you, and then I was promoted. My promotion was a $20,000 increase. Last week, I was paid, and my paycheck was $2,500 more than normal. I thought, oh, it's the rest of my bonus. Today, my employer informed me I was, quote, overpaid, and they will now be taking out money of my paychecks with or without my consent. When I told them I thought it was my bonus, they said, why in the world would I give you that? I took that away. When I stated that I didn't sign anything saying the bonus was gone and I was not informed, he just said, quote, okay, well, now you know. I'm trying hard to be a good leader for my employees, but at this point, I am so done. Any thoughts? This is where I just want to say, ouch, I feel so sorry for you because of lack of communication that is really not benefiting you at all. I, I guess my instinct is to remind everybody to get anything in writing that you possibly can get in writing before you know what your paycheck is going to be. Because when you said, I assumed it was my bonus, there was no indication of what that was going to be before you got that money. So I, I feel very sorry for you in this case, but I wish you had gotten something in writing before. Absolutely. So when I read this, I I see two issues. Uh, The first was that I'm not really clear if she had a contract that she initially signed or was it a job offer? Because those Mm -hmm. are two different things. Um, And then I also see when she was offered the new job, was it just a verbal arrangement? And to your point, wanting to get everything in writing. So if she signed a contract uh, for a specified period of time, being in that position, here are the terms and the bonus, 
then she'd be more likely to be entitled to have a bonus and not have that taken away. However, a lot of people don't sign actual contracts because employers are at will. So they can give and take away what they want. So in this situation, because I don't know exactly what she signed, my kind of gut feeling is, I'm sorry, Yeah. <laughs> you're in this situation I and I wish that it didn't happen, yeah. but an employer has every right to take those dollars back. Yeah, no, it's very unfortunate. I can only imagine the pain she's feeling. So I guess our advice really is, you know, we feel very sorry for you for that situation, but in the future, for this person and anybody else in a situation where there is money involved, really try to get something in writing, either in a contract or some kind of agreement letter. Absolutely. Coming up next, I read this week's Workplace Nightmare. Okay, this Workplace Nightmare uh, starts with, I was an editorial assistant at a small paperback publishing house in the early 80s. Along with the pulpy westerns and romances we put out, this company also published porn. Now these books, distributed under the Midwood Books imprint, were handled by a separate staff. The only time we ever commingled was at the annual holiday party. The owner of the company introduced me to a guest, told me he was an author for Midwood, and said, why don't you take him to my office and take care of him? Luckily, I'd had enough Dutch courage to retort with a smile as I turned to Lee and left and said, he can go to your office and take care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure what Dutch courage is, but uh, whatever that courage is, that's, that's pretty good. Well, give me uh, some of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice retort, by the way. I've never had anything like that, and I'm, I hope I never will. But that's a pretty bad experience. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of Advice from Someone Else's Dad. Many thanks to Jason Griffith and the entire staff at SiteComply, and of course to my co-host, Jamie Steele. Next time, there'll be more answers to your questions and more workplace nightmares. Remember, you can always call us at 347-857-7294. Go to someoneelsesdad.com slash podcast and submit a question there totally anonymously. Or you can just email us at questions at someoneelsesdad.com. We appreciate all your comments. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Someone Else's Dad. I'm Peter Yawitz. See you next time at Advice from Someone Else's Dad. Advice from Someone Else's Dad.